Welcome to Philly Prime. I'm Dave Schratweiser. I'm joined again this week by Edwin Torres from the New Jersey State Commission of Investigation, widely recognized as one of the top gang experts on the East Coast, probably across the country, 30-plus years of law enforcement experience. He watches the bikers, the pagans, the hells angels, and gangs and gang violence. Uh, and we all know that's a major problem these days in almost every single major city and some of the subset smaller cities. But uh, Edwin, talk to me about the violence problem across this country. It's New York, Philly, Chicago, Trenton, Newark, Camden. Uh, just to mention a few, it, it's everywhere right now, especially gun violence. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for having me back, Dave. But yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things that, um, you know, it's kind of piggybacks off the COVID stuff. It's almost another pandemic with the violence that we're seeing, the amount of gunplay that's out there and just indiscriminate violence and shooting. And, um, you know, not to say that gangs are 100% behind all this, but they're a large part of what we see with gunplay throughout our, our state in New Jersey and we see throughout the region. You know, yeah. gangs are playing a huge role in this. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you, I detect the sense that we don't want to point at the gangs too much, but uh, anybody in law enforcement knows underlying current is coming from that yeah the drugs the guns and the proliferation of weapons right now is crazy off the hook correct oh no I, I, absolutely it, it is one of those things where you know you just see a, a it's a, a constant constant flood of guns and and the violence that comes you know these guys using these guns and we know that gangs are a huge part of it you know um it it is something that you know you're right. Now, a lot of people don't want to discuss it, you know, because, you know, they, it may prejudice like further cases or the jury or whatever you're doing. But, you know, um, you'll see sometimes in the paper where it's like groups or, you know, uh, a certain amount of individuals, a club, whatever. Yeah. But in the end of the day, it boils down to, you know, these gangs that are out there doing what they're doing. And, uh, you know, we talk about this in Philly. We have in South Philly, we got the 29th Street, the 27th Street guys, 31st Street, they're always going back and forth. I was at a shooting uh, six months ago or so. There was 75 rounds fired at one guy, and they barely wounded the guy to begin with, so they weren't very good at that. And, you know, everybody talks about an ammunition shortage in this country. There was no ammunition shortage that day. No. And when you see these blow-ups like this, you see situations like that, right? Yeah, I mean, we see them. We see them not only in Philly. We see them here in Jersey. You know, you, and like I think what you point out is really, really interesting because a lot of the violence that we see, not necessarily these these national gangs that everyone knows about, mm -hmm. but it's Blood a lot Scripps, about these, stuff right like Bloods, Crips, Latin Kings. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them are, are it's about these really hyper localized gangs. So you see this street to street warfare, and it, and it's almost wholly unpredictable because you know um, going back to the state commission investigation, we looked at you know youth violence and gangs a few years back, and one of the things that we saw was a, a lack of enterprise. A lot of these groups weren't out there. When you talk about Bloods and Crips, mm. they're, they're drug-dealing organizations. They're going to make their money that way. That's what they do. But then with a lot of these little hyper-local groups, you know, you don't see the, you don't see the drug dealing. They're just out there shooting, running, and gunning for, believe it or not, you know, uh, likes on social media. So, you know, a lot of the violence that we're seeing will be driven by or have a basis within social media. Yeah, I was going to go there with you. Let's talk about that. We had uh, Matt Gillespie, the captain in West Philly, on a couple times. Uh, I've had some other guys on, uh, Joe Sullivan talking about that, Frank Van Orr talking about that. He's sure. a chief inspector in Philadelphia. And... You know, a lot of this is driven by, hey, here's a selfie. I'm over it. 
sure. 33rd and whatever, and here's where we're hanging today, and the next thing you know, there's a blow-up and a shooting there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it boggles the mind to see something posted on online, and then it results in real-world violence. You know, uh, you'll, you'll hear guys calling each other out, the videos, the pictures, and then all of a sudden, you know, in a very short amount of time, there'll be real-world violence that'll be associated to it. So they, they pull cyber trigger and ends up with a bullet yeah. in someone's head later. Yeah. Who are the gangs that kind of dominate Jersey? You know, Jersey, we're still always going to be dominated by, like, you know, Bloods, Crips, and Latin Kings. Those are three big ones. But you always have, you know, you have these, and some of these neighborhood cliques and crews are disproportionately responsible for a lot more of the violence out yeah. there. So, you know, you can go to a place like a, like a, a Trenton or Atlantic City or something like that, and, and you'll find some of these homegrown gangs that are, literally dominate the streets so you have you have layers these guys have multiple affiliations too so you have a guy who's who's down with his main street crew and then conversely he's also a part of the bloods but you know but what happens on the streets it's all local you know the the, the phrase all politics are local well, all gangs are local you know they you have the these national gangs and the other structures but you have a lot of these local gangs that are just out there you know just causing straight havoc and like you said there's no shortage of weapons there's no shortage of um ammo and you know new jersey has some of the toughest laws on the books yeah but these guys managed to still have an assault weapon ban in new jersey and they still have assault weapons you know it's not uncommon even and as you said you know not only we're seeing this in the cities we're seeing this in our in our suburban regions too so you're seeing like urban level violence violence that, that that's usually associated with the chicago's and new york's and the la's we're seeing that in our suburban areas you know in our smaller in our counties that are more rural than suburban you know so it, it just it's one of those things that um you know, we really need to get a handle on really need, you know, I, I know a lot of people focus on where the guns are coming from, but you really have to focus on why they're doing the shooting, why these guys out there doing what they're doing. Yeah. And, and girls, too. We see the, the young ladies vault and and the age of some of these guys out there, you know, running and gunning are is 14, incredible. 15, 14, 13, 15, 12. Yeah. And, you know, what do you, you know, and I and I you know, talk a lot. We do a lot of training law enforcement. We talk to a lot. And I said, you know, what do you do when a kid's been a gang member since nine? You know, and then he's 15. He's better schooled, better trained than your cop on the street. Mm. You know, he's he's got he's shooting. You know, he's doing this. He's indoctrinated, and uh, you know, so it's really some um, it's a really bad storm. You know, it's a real bad uh, you know uh, everything nexus between the social media. You know, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to interview a, a, a gangbanger. He was like 18, 17, 18. He finally gets arrested, and I was like, you know, hey, you know, you're you're posting stuff on the internet all the time. You you, you knew sooner or later you get caught. And he's like, not anytime soon. And that was his thought. He said, not anytime soon. And then literally, he had been creating havoc for like two or three years. You know, just doing whatever, shooting and stuff. Um, uh, Bloods and Crips. Bloods mostly were big in Trenton for a long yeah. time. Uh, serious crackdown by Trenton PD, state police. You guys did a bunch of stuff on the Bloods in, in there. Newark, they're a problem. Some of the other cities, Camden, sure. I think we have Jersey Latin City. Kings. Jersey City, yeah. Latin Kings, you uh, have uh, Bloods and Crips in, in, in Camden. Yeah. You know, and in Camden, you know, is a home of some of the little smaller, yeah. a lot of those little smaller, I don't want to say no name brands, but they're not nationally recognized. They're hyper, they're local guys, but yeah. they're just as dangerous. You know, you OTF, only the family, yeah. you know, and, um, yeah, they just continue with their shoot, and you say to yourself, "When's it going to stop?" Yeah, you know, um, a lot of these guys are addressing um, a disrespect that occurred, and don't even know how it started. Yeah, you know, um, we're seeing gangs start out. You know, you see a gang start out, one of their members die, then they have a new gang named after their member in memory of. Yeah, and it continues and it goes on and on, and 
And, um, you know, we used to always say and, um, and that you couldn't be a good gang detective or investigator sitting behind a desk. Yeah. But now if you're not on social media, you're just not going to be able to get the job done. Yeah. yeah you got to monitor that all the time. All the time. And it's, and it's hard. It's difficult because, you know, I mean, how many posts, how many videos are out there? Then you have you have the other stuff that goes on. So it's really, it's, it's tough. It's tough for departments. You know, it's, it's just, uh, it's just a real bad situation right now. You got to have an intelligence unit now pretty much. Yeah. You know, and uh, big cities, you you really got to have an intelligence unit that, that is super proactive. And unfortunately with a lot of the fundings that are out there, these, some uh, specialized units are always the first to go. Yes. So, um, and then of course you get that, that, that situation where they do a really good job and they're like, well, we don't need you anymore or we're going to move you. And then it rears its head again. You know, yeah, can you come back? Yeah. Can, can we do this again? And yeah. you lose all that institutional knowledge that's yeah. been on top of it. And, uh, you know, you have a lot of these, you really got to stay on top of these guys every day and, and gangs, outlaw motorcycle guy, gangs, all these guys, you got to be on top of them on a regular basis so that you can really do some predictive, um, predictive enforcement or, or analytics and say, Hey, what, what are they going to do next? Yeah. But if you're not looking at them, then all you're doing is putting out fires. And unfortunately with some of these, some of our law enforcement agencies that are just strapped or struggling, you're just putting out fires at this point. What about MS 13? We had a little bit of a problem with them. I remember in the early two thousands, sure. In that range, they were proliferating all over the place. What's the state of uh, the MS-13 in Jersey and the Pennsylvania, Delaware area right here? Well, I think, um, you know, MS-13 is one of those uh, kind of mysteries in, in our state, especially in New Jersey and, and in the surrounding areas. We know they're here. We know they have a presence. We know that they continue to victimize their own people who are, you know, deathly afraid of coming forward to law enforcement for fear of their immigration or migration status. So we know that they're operational. We we don't see the amount of violence like we saw early on, but now but we know that they're here and they're established. So we don't have the violence that you see, say, in Long Island with yeah. the MS-13 or down in Maryland. Right. But we are in the middle, uh, in the middle of it. So we know we have a significant presence here in our state, yeah. and 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 Pennsylvania and the other way. You know, they're you, know, you got to think about where they're they like to be and they like to be in the agricultural community where you have a lot of Latinos and a lot of uh, mm-hmm. migrant workers and that's where they're taking advantage of people you know and we know that they're involved in human trafficking you know we know that they're those that's a, a part of what they do but because of who they cater to or who they they target it's hard to get a good read in law enforcement as to what's going on because they're they're just the victims are not willing to cooperate with law enforcement now for fear of immigration issues or whatever. So it's one of those um, one of those challenges, you know, with MS-13. Uh, we know they're here. We um, wasn't too long ago where they arrested a. a, a a real high-ranking member of MS-13 in the world, and he was actually in, in uh, Monmouth County for a long for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's one of those things again. You know, because they're who they are and they're operating in the shadows, they're not getting the attention, and there's just not the resources to uh, to focus specifically on what they're doing but we know they're there you know they're definitely there you have them you have nietas you have down south jersey you have a grupo 27 group 27 which is a offshoot of a a prison gang that came out of puerto rico and we know that these groups are here but if you you know you kind of really have to sit on top of them to find out what they're doing yeah interestingly i do a lot of stuff with the organized crime and the mob on mobtalksitdown.com and uh, the mob was actually using gang members to carry out some of their stuff. A bunch of guys uh, indicted on the federal level 
Uh, I think the Lucchese crime family up in North Jersey was using a couple of the bloods or one or two bloods to do some things, put some money behind it, had them do uh, some violent acts, allegedly. Um, A lot of crossover there. We see a little bit here and there. I I think we see, we see, I don't want to say a little bit because I would minimize it. I think there's enough there to know that there's a like knows like, you know, these guys are operating, you know, and and they're making deals. I mean, we even see some of these street gangs involved with some of the cartels. Yeah. So we know that they're they're operating at least financially at a level that draws that attention from both uh, your traditional LCN and and the other groups. You know, um, you know, um, it, it, as you know, you know, in the '80s and '90s when they went after the LCN and decimated them. You know, nature abhors a vacuum. Someone's got to go in there and, yeah. and and take care of the business. So a lot of these street gangs were a- able to step up and create their own networks and. In some cases, cut out the mob from their their um, supply chain, but still work with them because you know they still they still garner the respect. You know, all street gangs want to be the mafia. All all street gangs want to be the Lucchese's. You know, that, yeah. that those are their heroes. Yeah. So um, you know, they they're going to go out of their way to uh, you know, work with them and emulate them anytime they can. So we know that there's some there's definitely some crossovers. You know, with these groups. Uh, we talked about cooperation before. Uh, uh, that's a key to. Cracking down on gang violence. Yeah. You got to have the police departments. You got to have the county prosecutors. You got to have the U.S. attorney. You have to have the FBI, the DEA, everybody involved, state police in Jersey, yeah. Pennsylvania, same thing there. Uh, you have to have, and president of the East Coast Gang Investigators, you see guys from all those organizations. You go to the big organizational turnouts. I think I was at one with George Anastasia a few years ago in Maryland. Right. Got to talk to 800 of you guys, I believe, sure. who were in attendance. Uh, uh, you got to be ears open, eyes open, talking, swapping information to keep a handle on this. Well, absolutely. And that's, um, you know, one of the reasons why we have a East Coast Gang Rescue Association is because we want, you know, we we realize that normal channels of, of, of sharing information mm-hmm. wasn't exactly uh, uh, as conducive as it should have been. And, you know, 9-11 is probably the biggest example of that. You know, a lot yeah. of information, but no one put the dots together mm-hmm. so you have a group like east coast gangs and we're able with our membership and we have members throughout the entire country and, and outside that we're able to share information and and try to connect these dots because these guys are are territorial but they're also willing to cross those lines and if we're not able to share that information you know we're we're doomed i mean i got a call from out west from a guy who was seeing um the pagans in his backyard. He had no clue who they, you know, he had no, he heard about them, but didn't know what to expect. So, you know, we we're able to discuss some of the information, what we saw, and just the same with some of our street gang guys. You know, we'll hear about a guy from New Jersey hanging out in Georgia, you know, oh, what are you doing down there? Yeah, you know, right, and, yeah. what, you know, and so we have all these connections and, you know, I'm going to guess guns. Yeah. You know, that, that, that that's, that's, you you'd win there. You, you, you go to a state where it's easier to get a gun come in come out you know and then they the sources of cash they have and, and something else that you i know you know and we've talked about it you know is the um as the gangs go into not traditional what would people think is traditional crime you know so we see a lot of the gangs involved now in financial uh you know uh fraud and and stuff like that so it's one of those things where these guys are constantly expanding you know finding different routes to make money and to justify law enforcement and yeah, they know no boundaries it sounds like they have no boundaries you know i i always tell people and it's a I, I make it for a joke but it's the truth you know if they could sell white out at a premium they'd sell white out it's all a matter of whatever product they can get the most money in and yeah. right now after the drug dealing and the human trafficking which we know is a big part of it and um 
et cetera, we know that the financial crimes, the credit fraud, identity theft is uh, one of those issues that they've moved yeah. into and and just uh, sunk their teeth into, you know, um, and, and a lot of it, like with the check, the card cashing, uh, cracking and stuff, it, they're advertising it on Instagram, you know, Instagram yeah. and Twitter and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, my God. But, you know, one yeah. of those things that what you know, what you can prove two different things. And it takes right. a while to build some of these financial cases because. Yeah. They're not sexy, you know. They're no, not. They're no, not. No. They're, they're a lot of. You know, <laughs> they're sexy work. when they're done. They're dead. Yeah, they look but, great, but, when you're but done. not while you're doing it, right? Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. it's one of those things where you're like sitting there, you know, yeah. they, you know they're doing it, but um, and of course it's a cost benefit. You know, seventy five thousand dollars in 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 cocaine or fentanyl is not going to get you the same sentence of seventy five thousand dollars in identity theft. Yes. So they know the trade offs. They know how. They know the time. They know the law better than lawyers do sometimes, and, yeah. and they're going to maximize on it. Yeah. You talked a little bit before about talking to a gang member yourself and and chit chatting with them a little bit about things. Uh, I've heard from everybody who sat in that chair in the past year when we talked about gun violence that kids are carrying guns now because they're afraid if they go somewhere and they don't have a gun and another guy shows up with a gun. They'd rather take a gun pinch than get shot and killed or get wounded. Yeah. That, so they bring a gun to the show, too. You're 100 uh, percent. You know, that's one of the things we hear all the time. You know, um, if I don't carry, um, I'm a sucker. You know, I'm going to be hurt. You know, so th- it, it just contributes to that vicious cycle. You know, if you weren't carrying a gun, you couldn't use a gun. But if I'm not carrying a gun, I can get a gun used on me. Mm. So you understand, you understand the twisted logic behind it, and it just continues. And we saw, you know, when we did our study back in 17, we were looking at, um, you know, 50% increase in guys getting arrested who are carrying. Right. You know, um, so it's not uncommon. We tell law enforcement all the time, we have our trainings to, to when you come across a, a person, a juvenile gang member, there's a really good chance he's carrying, you know, whereas that wasn't necessarily the issue f- uh, a few years ago. Yeah. Now it's the norm, yeah. you know, so that's one of those things where you're like, uh, you know, there's just a political, and they're getting the guns anywhere, whether they're robbing people or they're getting them from one of the states that has uh, really easy laws. They're going to. Um, and the infamous ghost guns now. Yeah, the huge problem. Are, are huge problem. problem in Pennsylvania, yeah. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I think they doubled or tripled the number of ghost guns they've taken off the street in the past year versus last year. I mean, and yeah. it's a it's a big number in the hundreds into the thousands. Yeah, I think that um, you know, it's not quiet. You know, it's definitely the go-to weapon of choice on the streets now. Yeah. You know? Explain to people what a ghost gun is and how easy they are to get. Sure. Well, a ghost gun is is what do you call a gun? It's a, what they're usually the law allows for you to sell parts of a gun that are 80% complete. Mm-hmm. So you can order those guns online or get them at gun shows, and they don't have any serial numbers. And for usually they sell them in kits, and they have the tools and the parts so that you can turn an 80% complete handgun or even a rifle into a 100% complete. So they're called ghost gun because they don't, they're not registered anywhere. There's no law to register them per se. And anyone can get them. And anyone can get them. Even a convicted felon. Yep. Even, even a child. We had a case where a... Uh, 15-year-old ordered one online and got it delivered to an abandoned uh, apartment and no one had a sign for it. So imagine that, you know, I, I signed for my cell phone. When I get a new cell phone in the mail, I got a yeah. sign for it. This kid got a ghost gun AR-15 and then he had to sign for it and got the ammo in the mail too. Right. So it's one of those uh, things that, um, that blows your mind when you see that it, it, it you it, know, three screws, a, a screwdriver and some other equipment and you uh, pop drill. it all together and go out and yep. test it out a little bit and you have a working AR 15. Yeah. And that's, and that's just the beginning. You know what I mean? It, it, it really does. Um, 
it's scary. It really is scary. And then you know that, you know, we know of individuals that are, you know, they're willing to order the parts to get the parts and put them together for people. You know, it's a, it's a lucrative deal. Yeah. You know, and, um, and, you know, and, you know, gangs are um, like any other organization. They see an opportunity and the word gets out amongst all their, their associates how to do stuff and they run with it. You know, so ghost guns are, I think that's one of those things that we're going to see a lot more of. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when people were making a big deal about the 3D printed guns. Yes. You know, not anywhere near as um, dangerous or as prolific as we see the ghost guns. Yeah, in Philly, uh, some of the uh, districts and the captains in the districts have started posting pictures of the drugs and guns they're taking away every day. And I'd say half of the guns they're showing on social media that they've taken away are ghost guns right now. Wow. Yeah, that's 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 incredible. I think, yeah. or, or if you see five guns, you're going to see one or two in that crap in that grouping. It's definitely the uh, weapon of choice now. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to get a gun, and, and then you know you can order whatever you want. You know, you have the money, you can order what you want. Yeah. And um, uh, uh it's just falling into the wrong hands. Yeah. Just and the young bucks don't mind taking a pinch for a gun, 13, 14, 15, 16, because they're not going to get charged as an adult. No. And they're going to do minimal time. But they're going to protect themselves when they show up at a park, a rec center, a street corner, a party, stuff like that. And if they do any time, that's simply a badge. You know, that it's a it's a medal on their chest. That yeah, they in Jersey, did you don't do a lot of time for— You're not doing any time. You know, uh, and third, it's very little time. One you know? third, maybe. And as a juvenile, you're you're doing a lot less, unfortunately. You know, fortunately, unfortunately, you know, you don't want to see kids locked up. But the, there's some kids that need, you know, breaks put on them. And the gangs, the gang members, the older ones know that you want the kids to, you want the young kids to carry. You want the young kids to sell. You want the young kids to be out there doing the dumb stuff because they're just not going to do time. Mm-hmm. And they're impressionable. So they're going to do what they're asked to do. Yeah. Okay. Edwin? Sir? A lot of knowledge up in that head there. I got to <laughs> yeah. give you a lot of credit, man. I mean, I know I you run the organization on the East Coast here. You work very hard with the SCI. I want to tell you, as a guy who covered law enforcement for 42 years, I appreciate what you do. Thank you. And I the appreciate men and women who do. do the same thing you do. Uh, that's why I like having folks on the show. People need to understand what's going on in society right now when it comes to violence, when it comes to gangs, motorcycle, the mob, that kind of stuff. It's still there. It still needs attention. You see violent crime task forces in almost every major city in the country now, uh, gun task force, that kind of stuff all over the place. And it's people like you who drive the engine that puts a stop to that. And I greatly appreciate what you do for us, and I greatly appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity again. Appreciate it. All right, Edwin, thanks for joining us. Edwin Torres from the SCI. Two great shows. I appreciate it. I definitely want to have you back and uh, give my best to everybody at the SCI. Will do. Thank you. Folks, thanks for joining us here on Philly Prime, and tune in next week. We'll have some more.